Welcome back to Real Phonies, where we take a love for movies and television and combine it with very little knowledge about movies and television. I'm your host, Christian. Join me are my co-host, Joseph. Yellow. And Jehu. Cuckoo. Wow. Oh, <laughs> see, that, that would have been re- relevant for our original topic, you see. That was my Vin Diesel cacao. Ah, yeah. very good. Yeah, we're not doing that, though. Uh, well, some of us aren't. <laughs> yeah, you can talk about it. Here's what I learned about myself during this week is that I am no longer a person of who has interest in paying for a Fast and Furious movie. Mm. <laughs> well, I, I, I am not going to change your mind about that today. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I had I had a minor curiosity even before not going to see the movie about what the fuck we would talk about if we even watched it. Like it's like the other ones, but also the same as the other ones. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, so we're not doing that. <laughs> no, instead we're gonna do. Instead, our uh, lazy asses stayed at home and watched. Uh, well, some of us, some of our lazy asses stayed home. Jehu still did the homework on the other one. I, I did, but we'll go ahead and say what we're talking about. So today we're discussing the latest film from Steven Soderbergh, and latest is this a dual release HBO Max in theaters? I don't I know. Think Maybe so, it's yeah. HBO. No sudden move uh, again. On HBO Max, which is how we watched it. Which feels like it should be no sudden moves, uh, plural, because I feel like that's the only way the expression has ever been used. But, you know, fuck it. I didn't I don't write these things. Pretty, pretty all star casty, I guess. Man, Uh, it's all star casty, including because I, you know, like I do with the bare minimum of effort I do for this podcast. I looked at the INDV trivia of all the people that were supposed to be on this and turned it down. And they still ended up with a pretty good cast. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you had obviously Don Cheadle, Benicio Del Toro, David Harbour. They're kind of the big three. But, you know, John Hamm, Kieran Culkin. Yep. uh, What's his butt? Freaking what is his name? Brandon no, I was thinking oh, Leota, but, but yeah, but Brandon, Fraser's. Brandon Fraser's in this, and and one one surprise person who's now making a habit of being a surprise person in movies. So I'll be honest, I can try to summarize this movie, but I don't think I entirely understood it. I'm not sure that I did either. It, it, so uh, here's the thing about this: uh, it's it's loosely, you know, Steven Soderbergh famous for making. Uh, I think most famous for making the Oceans movies. Also made what's the one that you love, Hurt? That I also love. The, ra- the one that's Taylor. Oh, uh, Logan Luck. Logan Lucky. Logan Lucky, yeah. So, you know, he's definitely got uh, a, a heist acumen working for him. And so I feel like this one was pitched as more of a heist thing and it's less of a heist thing and more of a complicated cops and robbers thing. And it should be important to note that the person who wrote the screenplay for this movie is the same screenwriter from Now You See Me and Now You See Me Too. Oh, and I, we know I how feel, much you love those movies. I feel like that puts the rest of the shit in this movie into, into focus a little bit more. Uh, I yeah. do think that there is an element of the Oceans movies in this. And maybe that's just Steven Soderbergh's fingerprints on this film. <laughs> or just the sheer number but, of recognizable names involved. Yeah, so that's one of them. A bunch of recognizable recognizable names. Um, the use of like jazz in spotty moments. A plot that doesn't make sense until the very end except in this case i'm not sure that actually does yeah i'm not sure that holds sense. up but that's that's a hallmark i think of the now you see me movies there you go that makes sense where the roads cross yep indeed um, but it's about a i i assume 
career con man kind of thing, gun for hire, recently released from prison, who gets picked up for what is seemingly a simple job, just babysitting a wife and kids while the husband is kidnapped to rob a safe. Uh, When things turn sideways and there's more than meets the eye, rival gangs, and for some reason, the automotive industry are involved. Indeed. I don't have much more than that. I I was about to say, what what, what did you think about the movie overall? I didn't love it. You didn't love it? Uh, I wanted to like it, but I just... It's just too messy. There's too many. One, it doesn't do you any favors. There's a lot of names thrown at you of characters you don't see for a long time in this movie. And by the time you get to them, you're not even really sure who they are. And uh, the it reminds me a lot. I don't know if either of you have ever read the book, The Historian, but this is something the historian does, which doesn't use names very often. This is kind of the opposite. It uses names too much. It is, assumes you know more than you know. And I apparently don't know anything. So <laughs> I, I, it was kind of boring. I stopped a few times, made myself go back for this podcast. <laughs> I'm probably going to go worse than Transformers. Oh, dear. I thought it was fine. It's one of those things where I think one of the things that annoys me about the Now You See Me movies is the fact that it's about like magic, both illusory Vegas magic and real magic combined somehow. And, you know, combines that with the whole heist aspect, which I think the my issue is the whole part of a, a good heist movie is that it feels like a magic trick. And I always felt like Now You See Me has just been a little too annoyingly on the nose about it. Um, and so with, with this kind of thing, it's got a similar problem, but it's dressed in a way that I, I don't hate it as much. Uh, I think if you, if you look too hard at any particular plot elements, it does not hold together. Uh, but I think the performances are generally, uh, uh, pretty fun, pretty charming. I really enjoy Don Cheadle and Benicio del Toro. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I don't know, you know, it, it's, there are worse ways to spend two hours. I go better than Transformers. Well, uh, Hurt, how are you going to split the decision? <laughs> I, if I hadn't already spoiled this, my little twist in this particular caper is I didn't get a chance to watch it. That's why you didn't answer the text. <laughs> That's, well, no, actually, I didn't answer the text just because I've been super busy today. But, uh, but, uh, but, yeah, I still wouldn't have answered the text if I would have saw the text. <laughs> um, yeah, I. Uh, it's funny just because it didn't go in how I thought it would at all. I thought this was basically me a podcast where you guys tell me about a movie I really want to see, and I tell you about a movie that you guys made a decision, good decision not to watch. But it's not going that way at all, so that's uh, that's exciting. I watched, like, the first 10 minutes of this, like, last week. There was, like, a first 10-minute, uh, like, yeah. preview of it, and that part looked really good. So uh, I'm kind of bummed to hear it's at best so-so. Yeah, but I mean, the involvement I think- of the Now You See Me guys sort of explains that. Go ahead. Go ahead, Christian. I'm sorry. I think it does look good. I think one thing that this movie does pretty well is it, it nails the time period. It looks very much like uh, 1950s America. And to that point, John Hamm just cannot escape that decade as an actor. I know it. <laughs> this, it in, in a lot of ways, it kind of feels like Mad Men. Um, there's a lot of comparison there because Mad Men does a lot of the same things, which is uses names, assumes you know things, and you don't. It takes like 10 episodes for you to have any fucking clue what's going on in Mad Men. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is kind of the same, except then it just throws in this curveball at the end about it being about Cadillac converters. Um, 
And I think that's probably the other issue I had. I mean, I don't want to get spoilers, I guess. I know, um, if you haven't seen this movie, it's on HBO Max. You know, you know how our, we're feeling. If you like yeah. a Steven Soderbergh movie, you'll probably like it. Yeah, I mean, just watch Logan Lucky or Ocean's 11 or 12. Logan I mean, Lucky is yeah. still better. <laughs> yeah, I think those. I think all three of those movies are better. Than this well, movie. we'll co- actually we'll do a Steven Soderbergh ranking after this because <laughs> I, I, I we'll get to it. Anyway, go ahead. I I am surprised you like Ocean's Twelve. I like it too, but most people fucking hate. That's it. that's why we need to talk. <laughs> Ocean's Twelve is much better than it. I would. Let's fuck this movie. Let's just talk about Ocean's Twelve. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, you talk about the spoiler guest star in this, who is a Steven Soderbergh regular, and. Unlike the Oceans movies or Logan Lucky, which I agree those are real places and real events, this feels more historical fiction than that, and I don't think that's a good thing. You, you know what I mean? I don't. Could you explain yourself a little more? Well, the whole twist about, you know, we know the auto industry intentionally lying about the effect of automobiles and pollution and eventually, you know, mandating the Cadillac converter be in cars to help with that problem. I don't think that adds anything to this film. See, I, I I, kind of disagree because this is one of my favorite things in these uh, uh, crime movies. Uh, This is true in like a lot of of noir movies or even in superhero plots. Uh, I love it when people like scrape tooth and nail and fight and die for like the dumbest imaginable shit. Uh, and in this case, it's schematics for a new muffler uh, or whatever. <laughs> and I, I fucking love that. I don't know. There's something there's something very funny. Like, Because I mean, it, the, the point is for the industry, you know, for the, the car industry, it is like it's, it's huge amounts of dollar value. Like it, it it is objectively worth a lot of money. But just like from a common sense standpoint, it's a piece of paper about a fucking car fart. And like, you know, half a dozen people are dying over it. It's the dumbest fucking thing in the world. But it, you know, it seems really important because of the money value associated with it. So I feel like it's supposed to kind of like, I don't know, to me, things like that play on how stupid the greed is. Yeah, no, I thought it was fucking dumb. (laughs) I, I really, I really thought it was stupid. If it wasn't a real thing, maybe I could have seen the humor in it. But with it being a real thing, it felt like it was trying to teach me something. Sure, sure, sure. I mean, look, there, there was a whole point. Well, well, well fuck. I, I didn't think we were going to talk about this movie for even this long, if I'm honest with you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so so the the uh, the big reveal of, of the extra surprise character is Matt Damon for for her. I wanted to guess because I was going to guess Matt Damon. Well, God damn it. You, you would have been right. I'm sorry. You should have jumped in. And he's supposed to be like the the head of, of you know, some auto automobile indus- lobbyist. Yeah, trust kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it, it's very clear when you meet him that he's supposed to just represent the money that's making all of this violence happen. And I think that was clear. I think it was fine. But for some reason, the goddamn guy who wrote Now You See Me decided he needed to have a three minute monologue about how he is the only money in the world and everybody plays by his rules. This is our rich white world to control and you're just living in it. And uh, I don't know, like I, it was one of those things where I thought like the movie was doing a good job of of telling us that, but the writer decided it wasn't. So here's the thing. I agree with you on all of this. And this is where this is the good point to describe how I think this movie went wrong, because if the movie wanted to be good, he would have been shot during <laughs> that monologue. Sure. 
not and and that would have been the humor in it but since you can't do that and he's supposed to be a real person and it's supposed to act like this is a real event and how the automobile industry wasn't caught for another 15 years or whatever after this you can't but like is anyone a hero because don Cheadle at the end of this ends up getting what he wants and then every bad person he encountered in this movie wins. And the only person that loses is the one guy who's been helping him the entire time. I mean, except for the time where he double crossed him. But yes, sure. They got out of that just fine. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's, that's one of the other things I want to talk about is like, I love the I love both of, of you know, our main two people. Uh, Don Cheadle has such like an effortless cool in this film. Like he's just the coolest customer uh, in any particular situation and, and really sells it. But one of my favorite things about Benicio del Toro is I feel like he actively goes out of his way to not in any way imbue his characters with likable traits. Uh, and somehow they end up being more likable because <laughs> yeah. and I don't know how yeah. that works, but yeah. he's, he's like, I don't know. He's just, you know, the same, a similar kind of Benicio del Toro asshole that he usually is, including openly racist. But he's still very charming. Yeah, I thought he was great. It, it, to me, this was very similar to his character in Last Jedi, except without like the stutter. Yeah. Like he's just kind of like slimy yet capable, supposed to be unlikable. But for some reason, you you know you like him anyway. But um, they're they, those two are great. Like I you know I feel like I'm sitting here trashing it. Like they are fun to watch together. And if they make an Ocean's 27 or whatever, <laughs> I would hope you bring in Benicio to be in part of that movie because I think he'd be a fun addition. Yeah. Which no, apparently I... that's that's the rumor. Don Cheadle saying after this that now Steven Soderbergh is it's renewed his interest in making another Ocean's movie. If you if you can get uh, uh, Adam Driver and his prosthetic arm in there somewhere, <laughs> I am 100 percent on board. Some quasi combination. Yeah. There's not that much more to say about this. You know, I've I've said before that, you know, I think the Now You See Me movies are great movies to watch on mute because I think they'd be improved by that. I don't think that's true of this movie just because I think it would seem slow. I think there's there's not like enough action. I think there's a lot of like, you know, tension, in the dialogue and, and uh, unspoken. Well, I say unspoken. A lot of times guns are pointed at people uh, conflict, but. It's definitely not something that I don't think we can we can analyze into making sense or being better. I think it's got a lot of holes in it. It was fucking built that way, and you just enjoy it as it is, or you don't. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you this. You guys have talked me into watching The Nice Guys again. I think, uh, you know what? <laughs> Fuck that. Now I want to watch The better. Nice Guys that again. Is, yeah, 100%. It se- that's a better opinion. It, it seems like a better crime movie that has the same point. I will say, and I know this is too on on the nose again for uh, you know uh, one of the iconic Benicio del Toro characters, but I do feel like this is kind of a better version of the Usual Suspects, which I generally feel is aggressively overrated. <laughs> I I only I only stand strong behind the, the Usual Suspects because I think Seven is aggressively overrated. Oh. Oh damn, we have we have a lot of weird, specifically uh, white guy opinions about these things, huh? <laughs> I'm just gonna throw my hat in this ring only to say the Usual <laughs> Suspects is only overrated because it's really the only tolerable Brian Singer movie. 
I think it's officially canceled now that he's canceled. Um, so, so, mm. I mean, him and Kevin Spacey are super duper canceled. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it, I mean, it's like the battleship of canceled. It will fight that <laughs> war for everybody else. Right. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that's this movie, which is the name of which I already don't remember. Uh, but it's not a no sudden move. No sudden move. I think it's fine. It's it, I, you're making me feel like it's less than not as good as Transformers. But I don't I think I'm standing strong. I think it's better than Transformers. But you're wrong. Okay. Hurt and Ocean's <laughs> Twelve is better than Transformers. I God damn it! You know, if, if we're talking, we can't. We can't do this. We all know. We all know the twist in Twelve. I feel like you either got to get on board with it or not. And I just think it's the dumbest, laziest fight piece of shit I've ever fucking seen. We switched I... it on the train at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, I like that movie. Vincent Castle, <laughs> underrated. Uh, I, I I think that I think that movie's fine. I. You know, I when I watched it, I was ready to be on board a, a different mood. And I probably would have hated it when uh, the character Julia Roberts played impersonated Julia Roberts. But I fucking uh, love that. I, I love, love that. So much. It's the fucking worst. It, it's I mean, I'm not going to argue it's not the worst, but I had a really good time with it being the worst. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Um, well, I'm glad okay. we put that to rest. <laughs> Uh, so yeah uh I, I guess we'll just do this as why what i'm watching since it, it was the only i'm the only one who watched it but yeah i watched nine fast nine furies boy uh do you guys know why they're still secret agents like have you guys kept up with any of this because I, I mean as i remember it up until five they were car driving you know heist people and then because of what they did in five, they got noticed and got involved because of specific reasons in espionage. But I thought that had run its course in the next two movies. There's, why are they still, do you guys know why they're still, uh, why they're still in espionage? No, um, no. I mean, uh, that I, cipher chick kidnapped Dom's kid, or yeah, something. that's that's the last that that's the back. last plausible semi reason I remember in the in the franchise. But they solved that problem. They do, and and now she's like kind of a good guy. I think. I it man, always happens. I can't really say because in this movie she spent the entirety of it in like a box, and then and then flew a drone plane for a little bit. Is, yeah, this, on, this movie. Hang out a second. Is Fast and Furious anime? Every single boss from the previous movie becomes a new part of the team in the next movie. <laughs> I mean, maybe. Oh, shit. <laughs> anyway, go on, Hurt. The, the thing is, I, I don't even know. This is just a movie that when I watch it, I don't really know why it exists. I, Justin Lin is a director I like. I think he's very good, and I think he probably earned his paycheck directing this, but he also co-wrote it. And he should have had that paycheck immediately taken back. And I don't just mean because it was the plot was nonsensical and none of like the stunts make any sense. It's just like nobody says anything. They just launch words at each other. And I don't really know what the point of them are. To say that it's really bad is like not even doing it right. It's just it was it's hard to say that a movie where someone basically bungee jumps with a car is boring, but this movie was boring. Like just mm. first of all, you know, Joseph, you said you had a curiosity about it, right? Yes. Didn't you say that at one point? I well, as luck, as luck would have it, you don't have to, because you saw everything that happens in, it in the trailer. Okay. Like literally like all the twists and turns are in the trailer. John Cena is Dom's brother. And, and, yeah. He's his brother. 
That's it. That's that's the whole thing. Han is alive. And yeah, Han's alive. That's it. That's the whole thing. Like there's not something that those items move the story forward with. That's just what they do. That's what they're there. For. The only parts of the movie I really enjoyed is there are flashbacks to John Cena and uh, and Dom when they're younger and what they're falling out is. And it, first of all, man, Vin Diesel's Vin Diesel has some sort of complex, man. I don't know because the guy he got to play him as a child, as like a teenager, was definitely like a 37-year-old workout <laughs> man. Like, like it was like he, he is so big and so sexy. But when they would do these flashbacks, I was just like, I just wish this was the movie. I think they really made a mistake which, with after they settled the bringing Letty back from the dead and that whole storyline and stuff, not going back to being about street racing. Because that was the only parts that was interested in this movie when they showed the flashbacks to the street racing. The rest of the movie is just so unbearably dumb. Like, I probably forgot like five or six years watching this movie just because it was <laughs> sucking the brain out of me. You know, I know in our text, Ian really liked it. And I can see, I can see his argument about this for, for previous ones. For a while, I think it was fine for them just to be dumb and fun. But this didn't do anything new with being dumb and fun. It was, it, honestly, it just felt like a placeholder. And the going to space shit is stupid. Uh, you know, uh, I, I can't explain it better than that. It's just fucking dumb. They go to space on a con Pontiac Fiero. That's supposed to be funny, but I, I, it didn't make me laugh. Lucas Black does come back, and I think his uh, only uh, instruction given to him as an actor was act methed out, and he fucking nailed that. Like, that dude looks like he's seen from years, some mileage since the last time I seen him. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going with worse than Transformers on this movie. I, I don't I, you know, it's a shame it's making so much money because that's not going to inspire them to do any better for than for the last ones. But I should have the last one of these I watched, I enjoyed and I should have stayed on that one because I don't think these movies have anything else to offer. I'm sorry we didn't tell you sooner. We were going to bail. <laughs> that's, that's fine. I'm you know, I might have still watched it anyway because I had a curiosity about it. I felt like there was going to be more to it, but there really wasn't anything you need to know about this movie. You saw in the, in the trailers. And I, I tell you something else. John Cena is a dude that I really liked since he's switched to movies. Like he, I mean, I liked him as a wrestler too, but I think he has a good comic timing. I think he has a good screen present and he is just completely misused in this. They totally just get him in that whole, here's the guy to act tougher than, uh, than uh, Dom Toretto. And that's just what they do with each other for fucking two hours. They fight and stare at each other looking tough and they, they don't do anything with John Cena that he's shown that he's good at in movies. And, and man, I tell you something else. There is no dramatic tension in this movie because the whole point of it is that this guy, uh, Dom's brother, feels less than Dom. And the world thinks he's less than Dom. Even though Dom is just like a guy who stole VCRs and he's apparently been James Bond for 20 fucking years. Somehow he's less than Dom. Um, and... And then it turns out he's less than Dom. Dom kicks his ass. Like, they didn't present him. He wasn't the fucking Death Star. You know, he wasn't something that Dom had to overcome. It was a thing that's like, oh, this is a guy that Dom will be able to overcome. And then he does. 
There is a point in this movie where Dom pulls down a building with chains, not using his car, <laughs> using his fucking arms. Like That's they crazy. they went so off the fucking rails with Dom's the toughest guy who ever fucking lived. Like it's just uh, it's ridiculous. It's moved into ridiculous in a non fun way. Yeah, uh, definitely, definitely worse than Transformers. Uh, I what one more thing, fucking. Tyrese must have had some sort of contract up between this one and, and the last time I saw him because he gets all the best action uh, shit in this movie. And he has some plot where he just where he realizes that these movies are ridiculous and they all should be dead. And he decides that he's invincible. And and usually Tyrese drives me nuts in these fucking movies. But that was the only part of this movie that kind of entertained. Mm. I do. I do. Has he made a movie with Marky Mark? Oh goodness! Was he in Four Brothers? Am I know. I was just thinking, is he in Four Brothers? See, yeah, I've seen Four Brothers, and I can't say for sure <laughs> if he is or not. But I just know I would watch an action movie with just the two of them yelling. He what's is. Going he is. Ooh, we're not racist. <laughs> I mean, Four Brothers is so long ago. I barely remember Marky Mark's. In I mean, it, there so are I, four of them. Who can remember? Right. The movie's good. I yeah, haven't watched it in a decade, but I remember liking I, it. This is, this, I mean, this whole episode has just turned into, hey, look, there are better movies than the ones we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I remember Four Brothers was was a thing for me where I just realized I was not even I was not even with my generation, much less the generation below me, because I was just so into that movie that I I recognized it as being a remake of the Sons of Katie Elder, and not one other human on Earth cared about that. Like anyone I would tell that to was like, who gives a shit? What even is that? So, but yeah, don't, if you don't go see nine fast, nine furious. Also one more thing, man, why didn't they, the, the coolest thing this franchise ever did was naming the sequel too fast, too furious. I don't know why they haven't stuck with that. I know every one of them should be that. Although that thing you sent was that, which one of you sent fast 10, your seatbelts. (laughs) <laughs> they don't call it that if they call it that movie i'll go see it. <laughs> but otherwise i'm done with the fast and the furious movies well good i think i was done at, at seven but uh i'm glad you finally have made the realization <laughs> when the next well, one comes out ian can come back and he can tell us about it correct i mean I, you know i knew i was done like two or three movies ago but i don't something about i i think it was john cena like Piqued yeah. my curiosity, and I, and I and I was I I, I I was wrong. And also, by the way, one more thing: uh, the Paul Walker character has now officially turned into Wilson in this. Mm-hmm. Like they just always talk about him and like show him driving up and stuff, but don't show him. They should really just put a guy on the other side of the fence and have him be Brian. Interesting. I didn't even think about how Brian would affect this movie, but that makes sense. I mean, it was such a key part and it isn't George. This is the one that has like the most screen time for Jordana Brewster, right? This is like right, the first right, one or right. something. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's yeah, the this thing. Is- like when was the like I, I, I'm trying to remember, but when was the last time Paul Walker was a crucial key to these fucking movies? Well, yeah. I mean, four. I mean, four was like, I feel like that was when they were officially like Dom is the the center of this universe. Yeah, but he was like the FBI. He was like working for the FBI in that one. Like that's how they got back together. But after that, it's been Dom versus whomever. So it was Dom versus The Rock and then Dom versus Luke Evans and Dom versus like 
Brian has not been a central character for a long time. Well, I mean, I still think that, I mean, I lost interest when Paul Walker died because even if he wasn't a central character, I feel like these movies were about that relationship. Those two dudes. And it really, you know, not to give these movies any like, you know, weight, but you know, once that was gone, it was like, well, it's just about this guy. Cause also I think Vin Diesel is getting worse as an actor. (laughs) Like, it's I, I know he was never great, but man, in this, he just like, oh, bruh. like that's how he delivers every line, a grunt, pause, and then another grunt. If, if you guys have if you, the listeners, haven't seen the SNL skit about Vin Diesel going back to the movies, uh, <laughs> it's, it's very funny. I recommend it. I think also that might have been what got in my head and made me think I had to see this. Even though this that was making fun of him, it's like, man, I gotta see this movie in the movies. I did. <laughs> I did not have to see this movie in the movies. Anything else on I, Fast Nine? I, I no. I mean, no, no. There's nothing else. To say <laughs> there's a part of me that feels like you're saying yes, but you're restraining yourself. I, I mean, I I could really pick apart just how fucking dumb the action is is in this. And I, I know there's a clear turn in this. Actually, two more things I'll bring up. First of all, <laughs> I, I think there was a there was like a clear turn in the second one. If, if you remember in the second one, there's a part where they jump a car onto a boat. And that literally would have killed everyone involved. But it didn't. And at that point, you know, it's like, okay, well, these things just aren't going to make sense. But definitely... The, you know, and five's the best one, but the safe dragon number five was like, okay, we're just not doing physics anymore. The, the, like, there's no way this could fucking work, and that's just the shit we're going to do. But at this one, in trying to top themselves, the stuff was just so stupid and so, like, overly CGI that there's no, there was no stakes to it. But, I mean, there was literally a part where fucking... Uh, Ludacris, who, by the way, somehow Ludacris is the only person who's still trying. He's the only person who's trying to act. Everybody else is just reading off fucking cue cards. But uh, Ludacris brings up physics at one point in this, and I was just waiting for someone to say, we have not paid attention to that shit since (laughs) Too Fast, Too Furious. We've been breaking uh, those laws since Fast (laughs) 4. Right. Okay, now I'm really done uh, crapping on this movie. That's fabulous. What have we watched this past week, guys? Uh, I, I, I didn't watch anything this week. I, the only thing I did was I restarted Neon Genesis. I, I don't know why. I don't know uh, why either. I was just so curious to rewatch it, but it gets me in my head so much. And it's so fucked up. I mean, like it just there's Shinji is just like a character that I can't stop thinking about for hours and it it just sticks with you so i got powered through like four episodes in a night and then i watched like two more like two days later and i haven't been able to go back like it just it just it it creeps me out but i kind of like it it's like an addiction i have to go back i have to know more i have to see how it ends again but i don't like the way it makes me feel Uh uh-huh good news it's better than transformers (laughs) there's about there's about 45 hours of youtube videos of people having the exact same reaction uh but you know in like 30 minute video essay packages. I can do it in 30 seconds. Fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. All right. Fair enough. But her, did you have anything else? No, no, that was, that was it. it. Dude, it was like two hours and 45 minutes. When did I have time to watch anything else? That's a fair point. Uh, 
the wife and I finished up uh, SSS Dynazanon, which is the sequel to loose sequel to SSS Gridman. Same style, uh, you know, CGI, but mimicking people in rubber suits. Uh, it's a really good time. It's made by Trigger. Trigger kicks ass. They're making one of those Star Wars shorts, which I'm fucking jazzed about. It's a good show, better than Transformers. Uh, and then I also watched another, finished up another anime called Made in, Made in Abyss, which I specifically think Christian would love. It's about a unspecified time in human society where they find a giant hole in the earth that has mysterious properties and mysterious shit in it that's worth a lot of money and does cool shit. Uh, but going down in the hole is super dangerous and very like b- both like has mystical effects on the body. And also there's a bunch of weird creatures that are out to kill you. It's got some of the most elegant, like low key world building I've ever seen, like rivaling, if not better than full metal alchemist. Uh, I think just, just the world alone enthralled me. And I think would super kill Christian because he loves world building so much. Uh, so Made in Abyss, it's on Amazon. It's one season. Don't be deceived by the very cutesy style art. It's very gruesome at times. Dope. Uh, I'm intrigued. But better than Transformers. There's probably more, but fuck it. We'll do it next week. Uh, next week, <laughs> hey, Black Widow. We're for real going to do that one. We're going to for real do that one. Marvel, <laughs> it's going to happen. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, please rate, subscribe, tell your friends about the podcast. If you want to get in touch with us about your Fast 9 re- uh, reactions, you can reach us at realphonies.gmail.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter at realphonies and on Instagram at real underscore phonies. Thanks, Zach Evans for art and Brian Velasquez for our theme. And we'll see you guys next week. Later. <laughs>